Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. We got big important things to talk about on this delightful Wednesday. It's Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation, and after a one-day pushback because of me, Wednesday now instead of Tuesday is Adam King Day here on the show. I am Dan Bespris, and hello to you, Adam. I'm going to do the shtick. Good morning. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good yeah. evening. Happy holidays. If yeah. you're if you're on holidays, I don't know how your holidays work over there. It's a bit different to us. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Um, don't you guys have? Isn't there? Isn't there like a two day thing? I, I might be getting this wrong. I don't know. I I did Hanukkah last month, so I'm in the clear here <laughs> till New Year's. <laughs> uh, well, I know it's it's the 23rd where you are now, so we're getting there. Um, is there something on the 26th in Australia? Am I remembering that right or wrong? No, uh, 26th is Boxing Day. Yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, so but our, this is our, uh, I guess our, our version of your summer holidays. So our kids, our kids are off now from, well, they've been off since the end of last week, and they don't go back till February. Oh my! Wait, mm. February? Yep. No, I'm pretty. I'm fairly certain. I heard you. You're mispronouncing the word January. <laughs> no, it's February. <laughs> February one this year. It's sometimes it's right at the end of January, but this this year or, or next year, it's February the 1st. Wow, I my, never my thought kid, about that. My kids go back, yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, obviously, I understand uh, inherently that the seasons are opposite in our two hemispheres. That's something that yeah. I've known since I was a kid, but I don't think I realized <laughs> that the school year flips with it, and it just goes with, it goes with the summer everywhere instead of going with a particular set of months. That one never fully lodged in my brain all right that's interesting it's in there now uh you can follow adam on twitter at adam king 91 you can follow me at dan bespris i want to start the podcast by letting everybody know that adam has a little pet project over at sports ethos right now which is keeping tabs on everyone in covid protocols and possible streamers in their absence you also went through and you added the dates that everybody entered protocols so folks can start to figure out when they might be coming out that was, um, can I just say, extremely necessary because right now it's unbelievably easy to forget who's in protocols. Uh, so amazing work there. You can find the link tweeted out. It's free until January 1st. Then it moves into the Fantasy Pass after that. So, uh, Adam, hell of a job. And I want to start the show by talking a bit, actually, about COVID stuff because we've been getting a lot of questions on it. We have an, a, a little game to play later in the show, but two of the main questions that keep coming up as we dive in here, one, which is coming up the most frequently, is what do you do? And the second question, which we'll get to right after that, is what if there's league malaise, which I do think is maybe a more prevalent problem than people even realize right now. So we'll just tackle them one by one. I did a little bit of a speech on yesterday's pod on what to do with just the general, the sheer quantity right now, the girth, the breadth of names in protocols, what are you doing right now? I assume streaming would be sort of priority number one, but how do you approach it? Yeah, it's, oh, it's there's so many options here, I think. And and on the list, I just added Reggie Jackson, who just went into protocols. Oh, jeez. So, so, <laughs> there you go. There's another one. Can't even, um, can't even do an opening on a podcast anymore. 
No, no. So he he's on the list. So the list is is bang up to date uh, on the minute. So, um, what am I doing? Uh, it, it does depend a little bit on where I'm sitting in the standings as to, and I'm generally referring to head to head because I'm in all head to head leagues except for one. Uh, whereas you would probably be more roto focused, I think, when discussing this. Um, I'm in the leagues where I'm sitting pretty comfortably sort of in the top four I'm trying to just I guess just ride it out um, and and I guess what and I talked about this on the um, overtime show yesterday is that I've noticed in my leagues and so I'm assuming it's happening in other leagues a lot of people are panic dropping here so there's top 100 players being dropped because they're in protocol so I've seen Jordan Poole dropped uh, in leagues, hmm. I've seen Jared Vanderbilt dropped. Uh, who else have I seen um, dropped? So I actually, I actually I, this, that's an interesting one. I, I was thinking about whether or not I wanted to jump in there, and I'm going to. Uh, I actually did drop Jared Vanderbilt in one league, but it's because yeah. it's a 12-teamer that kind of plays like a 10-teamer almost. So I, I do think people have to be really cognizant of how their league operates. It's a five moves a week league with three bench slots and only one injured slot. So like if you lose games, you get smoked in that league because there just aren't that many games happening in a given week. Like if your team is fully healthy, you're only 13 uh, with, you know, start 10 and five weekly moves. So streaming is a big deal. If someone's not streaming, like there are teams that only get like 36 to 42 games a week in that type of format. So if you lose four of those, you're dead. And if you lose eight of those, you're losing 7-2 or 8-1, and it's not close. But conversely, and I know you were looking for some of the other panic drops, so I bought you a little bit of time here. I'm in a different 12-team league where there's like, I think it's 12 teams start 11 or 12 guys and a four-player bench. So it's like 16 on your roster instead of 13. And that's one where you might be getting 55 to 65 games played in a given healthy week. So if you only get 52 as opposed to 56, it's a smaller percentage drop than dropping from 36, you know, dropping down to 36 from 40 or something like that. So that changes what the cut bar is in when you're in trouble like this as well. What are the, some of the other panic drops you saw while I was uh, monologuing over here? Yeah, look, I did see Mo Bamba dropped in the oh, league. Oh, wow. Uh, and, 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 and I guess related to this, in like so people are going to be dropping people that, that are going into protocols. But if they're, if they're really fighting in the standings and, and need to win, then they may also drop players who, who aren't in protocols but who were potentially viewed as streamers but might have more value. And one player in particular I'm, I'm – referring to is um, Mitchell Robinson I saw dropped and based on the season that's okay I mean he hasn't been awesome he's a bit more of a streamer but now with Nerland's Noel going into protocols Mitchell Robinson could be back up at over 30 minutes and could be not a not a league winner or anything like that but he could win you a week I mean he, he could he could easily get in two games he could get you six seven blocks and 20 rebounds, which can make a difference in a, in a head-to-head league, especially at the moment when most rosters are going to be 
are down on players. And so maybe you'd normally win a week with 25 blocks. This week, you might actually win with 15 or 16. So getting mm-hmm. a player who can get you six or seven blocks in two games is going to be um, is going to make a big difference and could win you a week. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it speaks to the math actually. That and so I'm I'm glad to hear you say that because that was basically what my monologue was about yesterday. When <laughs> when I do the shows where I have an opening monologue, I really feel like a late night host. It's a joke about this, uh, but it really is. It's a math problem because, like you said, if everybody's down two players, an extra three blocks is a bigger deal than if nobody is down two players it's just a it's a fraction it's a percentage of your overall production where if like you said normally you need 25 blocks to win the week and this week you only need 18 then getting three extra is a sixth of your total instead of just under an eighth of your total each point each block each steal whatever it might be is a larger percentage of what you need which is why on yesterday's show i actually pushed the notion of actually being a bit more aggressive in panic moves because normally i'm and this is more on the head-to-head side as well so i I feel like i should i want to speak to the roto is such a different strategy right now than head-to-head although there is a little bit of overlap and and i want to talk about that too in a minute um but i think on the head-to-head side this is actually and you know, to your point, if you're like top two in your league, then yeah, you don't really need to jump all over this opportunity. But there are some leagues where I did the punt big uh, strategy that that you had taught me preseason, and it's very hard, <clears throat> excuse me, to win by a larger than six to three margin when you're punting big stats. You're pretty much yep. winning five four every week or losing uh, four or five if something just doesn't go quite according to plan. So you end up hovering like just over 500. And right now, you're playing teams that might have four guys out and three of them might be their big men. You might accidentally win field goal percent or rebounds or blocks, even if you're punting them right now. And all you have to do is get really aggressive and and drop a couple of guys on your team that are out and get eight extra games. And all of a sudden, one week, two weeks in the middle of a year, you might win seven to two or eight to one, and then you can just fall right back into your punt big, and you're basically locked into a playoff spot at that point. Would you consider getting hyper aggressive just on the math front for like two to three weeks while we're in the throes of this thing? Yeah, look, you could absolutely. Um, and as I said to open up, it does depend on where you sit in the standings. A lot of it, and and if you can. Yeah, if, if you can um, sort of f- uh, fall into like those categories um, that you wouldn't normally be be winning, which I did last week in quite a few of my leagues um, where I'm punting and I normally win 5-4, 6-3 or lose 4-5. Uh, I actually won three of my leagues 8-1 last week because of that reason, because I was able to um, stream in some assist guys and uh, where, where I'm punting assists and... You, if you've punted correctly, hopefully you're you're really strong in your in your um, strength categories, and so dropping a player, a fringy sort of guy, but who has value on your team, you can drop him. It doesn't mean someone else is automatically going to go and pick him up 
because he might have more value for your team than everyone else. And so you could drop him, pick up a guard, stream in your assists, drop him and pick that guy back up um, and no one's even really noticed. So there is that luxury as well, if, if you've punted correctly, that there might be players you drop and that don't have a lot of appeal to anyone else. Yeah, there's that. And then there's the sort of... I guess I want to try to really... I know that this is the the almost grotesquely dry way to present it, but I want to really hone in on the numbers here, which is like what in your league, not you, Adam, but anybody listening, what in anybody listening's league do you need to get to to make the playoffs? Do you need to be a 500 team to make the playoffs? Do you need to be 10 games over? Could you be five games under? I just feel like if you think about each individual week as a different little opportunity to kind of bite off a chunk of whatever you need to get to that rung, there is this weird opportunity happening right now where you can go and get two or three extra wins and move three or four, whatever I get, you know, if you get two or three extra wins, it's actually four or six games over 500 that you wouldn't have been otherwise. I'm basically sitting in fifth or sixth place in almost every league where I punted big man stats and I'm hovering like, between 500 and like five games over 500 in those leagues. And it's not, it's not comfortable. I'm probably not going to lose seven to two or eight to one very often. So if I was going to drop back, it would probably also happen kind of slowly. But boy, you know, when I spotted that opportunity last week, and it was almost by accident, kind of like what you said, like I, you just dropped a guy in that, like I got an opportunity to win this category. I didn't even think I had a chance to. Then all of a sudden, and I'm, I'm pulling up the league where it, it was uh, the most obvious. My team went from, I think, four games over 500 to uh, nine over five. No, that doesn't make sense. Five over to nine over. I think it was something like that uh, in, in last week's situation. Or it might have been four to nine. Uh, I get the math screwball here. Anyway, I won eight to one. That's the point. In a league where... I have no business winning, winning the categories that I did. But now all of a sudden, I jumped from fifth place into second place in that league. And now I'm pretty comfortably in the playoffs. I could settle back in. Or I could do it another week. I could go buck wild for another week and try to build another 7-2 to win or another 8-1 to win. Maybe make a play on a top two seed. Like there are, I guess the, the, the to try to deconstruct this thing a little bit. There are just ways to use this stretch to our advantage when everybody is throwing their arms up into the sky and saying, what the hell do I do next? Which I probably segues into our next discussion point, um, and I want to get to that. But first, Adam, you're on board here for an ad read today. Congratulations on being on the podcast for that. Uh, have you had a chance to, th- to try out Thrive Fantasy yet? I have not. No, I know there's. With I know we have a few issues with different fantasy platforms here in Australia that we're, oh. we're not actually able to log in and use them. Oh no! Well, I don't know if that's the case. We'll have to try it out. <laughs> we'll have to give it a we go. Will. <laughs> uh, well, if you can get on there, you should. That's ThriveFantasy.com. Use promo code Ethos, folks, when you sign up, and prop up with Thrive Fantasy. You get a hundred percent deposit match bonus on your initial deposit up to $100. And if you deposit 10 bucks, you not only get the $10 deposit match, you actually get two $20 contest, contest entry tickets. So you end up with basically $60 worth of credits on only a $10 deposit. That'll get you, if you want, you can go into three of those $20 nightly contests, whatever it is. 
And it's not dumpster diving the way that traditional DFS is. In traditional DFS, you would have looked at yesterday's card and tried to figure out, should I start O'Shea Brissett or Max Struess? Which one am I going with here? In Thrive, you don't have to worry about putting all your change on some guy who might just play eight minutes and stink. It's all studs. You're figuring out overs and unders, prop bets on the studs on the card. You pick the sides that you think you're going to win. You try to rack up the points. Some of them, you get more points if you kind of fade the public on particular plays. And if you get enough points, you win money. It's that easy in the contest. ThriveFantasy.com. Promo code is ethos, or you can use the links we've been tweeting out over on the Twitters. Deposit match, 100%. Thrive Fantasy. Go download the app today on Apple or Android device. The other question, the segue that was uh, so delightfully interrupted by our friends at Thrive Fantasy was... How do we, instead of how do we use this, it, the, the question was, what do you do if three or four teams in your league are throwing their arms up in disgust and kind of half abandoning ship? And to me, and maybe I'm oversimplifying this, Adam, and you can feel free to tell me, Dan, you're being a jerk. My solution is just beat those teams senseless. Like what, presumably you've collected money before the season started. If someone's like foolish enough to just give up for three weeks isn't that kind of on them or is the question how do you yourself keep from throwing your arms up in disgust i I don't know Where, where do you stand at least on the first half of that question uh the first half yeah look i mean i've had that question and i've heard it on different podcasts is how how do we keep people interested um because this is uh, it's something else I touched on when I did the overtime show a couple of days ago is that this feels like the silly season at the moment. It feels like um, April, which is when you've got random players putting up double doubles who you've never heard of. Uh, and, and it's why we say when in head-to-head leagues, you should be finishing your leagues a little bit earlier rather than waiting because this, because of this, of what's happening now where you're relying on streaming basically to win most weeks. Um, and so, yeah, look, I mean, if I, I think part of the reason, as I said, I had a couple of big wins last week, and I think that was because the teams I was against, I don't know whether give up is the right word, but when I looked at their rosters, they they may have forgotten to set their lineup on a day <laughs> or they're just they're not streaming even though they've got eight players in protocols or, or out with injuries. So you can use that to your advantage, of course. Um, and for those teams, like you said, where you're hovering around 500 and maybe sitting sixth in a in a top eight league, this is an opportunity for you to to get three weeks worth of wins in two weeks and and actually move up the standings quite significantly, like you did in the, in that league, going from fifth to second, uh, and. So yeah, I mean, it's not a, it's not fun uh, or as fun because it's not you're not relying on the team you drafted, and it, I, I mean, the reason I prefer head to head is because I like talking smack to my opponent and and stirring them up, and they like stirring me up, and that might not be happening as much at the moment if they're not showing as much interest. So uh, you can definitely use it to your advantage. Yeah, I mean, you, and so, yeah, just just make it robot-like. 
You know, just treat treat it like a robot would treat it for a couple of weeks. Is that is that safe? Yeah. Like, forget about all the emotional stuff and just treat it like math for three weeks or whatever. However, I don't know. I keep saying three weeks. Like, I don't know how long this this wave is going to go. At some point, though, the NBAers that are going to have gotten it will have gotten it. The fact that uh, Adam Silver came out yesterday and said ninety percent of the cases they're finding in the NBA are already Omicron means that, you know, if you were worried that your player on your team was about to catch Omicron, they probably already have it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, boosters are being administered to the NBA. It sounded like they're 65% boosted. So, you know, some guys just aren't going to get it. It's not going to hit every single player in the NBA. Uh, and the fact that folks are getting boosted is going to slow the wave of this thing down. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, more guys are going to go in before they come out at this point. Uh, and you know, they have to be in there for seven to 10 days. So the fact that we're adding five, six, seven, eight guys every single day and not as many are coming out that fast. Yeah. I mean, that sucks, but treat it like a robot. Just keep making your moves. As long as this thing is happening, we do know at least that waves come and go of COVID to this point. They continue to do so. There was the first one. There was the second one. There was the third one. This is probably your fourth one. If you really want to count it all out, uh, it'll end at some point. So just be a robot between now and then. Now, I don't know that that hits the heartstrings the way that this discussion may have needed to to get someone to continue to pay attention to fantasy. I think what you said probably lands better than anything, which is go for the big win. Go for the big win right now. Treat it, treat this as like, not the playoffs necessarily, because you don't want to be cutting guys that are top 75, but go for the big win. This is your opportunity. See this as an opportunity instead of a frustration because everybody's getting hit by it. Yes, there was, you know, there was one guy who tweeted at me that like he had a 16 or 17 game disadvantage. He happened to be playing the one team in his league that doesn't have anyone in protocols. But if you look at every team in your league, I think you're going to find two or three guys in protocols. It's going to be relatively evenly distributed, but not perfectly so. So that, I think, is our collective advice here on Fantasy NBA Today. Treat it a little bit like a robot, but also go big. Go for the big win right now. Use all your weekly moves, getting rid of your zeros. Uh, and then quickly here on the Roto side, before we move on to the other stuff, just be careful you don't fall too far behind in, in games played. I think what you can do now that you can't really do in head-to-head, -head, which is just pick up a great-looking streaming option every single day. And if it doesn't work, like if, if they get ruled into protocols that morning, big deal. You do a different one the next day. So just keep something on a rotation in your, uh, in your Roto League. Make sure you don't fall too far behind. Uh, don't cut anybody with awesome rest-of-season value. Just start rotating through that last slot. And if you, know, if you have a guy who... It was a great fill-in, but he doesn't play for three days. Probably has to go. Get someone else that plays those two days in between. Uh, reminder, of course, nobody plays on Friday. Let's get into the game, Adam. You gave you came up with a game a couple weeks ago that we didn't end up playing uh, because there was still some more kind of regular things to talk about. Uh, what was the game? You want to tell everybody what we're about to do? Uh, yeah, I didn't really come up with a name for it, but what... What we're basically going to do, I just thought it would be interesting to pick a couple of names uh, each or a couple of matchups each. So selecting two players and, and just saying 
who would you rather have rest of season? So um, based on what we know so far and, and what we think we know about what's coming, um, two players that might be similar uh, or might have had a similar ADP or might have a, a rank that is quite close at the moment or projected to be about the same. And just, yeah, a couple of, of battles, I guess, rest of season player battles. Um, and, and you said you came up with two, I came up with four, but I'll have to pick two of those. We'll go two each. Uh, but I'll, I'll let I'll let you maybe go first. And we, okay. we, haven't, we haven't let each other know who we're thinking of, though. So. No, we have not. So I have a, my, my two that I came up with. One is more of a, uh, I don't want to say end of bench, because I think they're better than that, but it's more towards the, uh, the bottom half of your roster. And then my other one is more towards the top half. And I think I want to do the bottom half of the roster one first, which is actually one I got asked in premium. And I thought, oh, this is interesting, because I love both of these guys. And it's Alec Burks versus Larry Nance Jr., so now you got to tell me who do you like more between those two, and and obviously I'll give my opinion afterwards. Ah, uh, it's it's an interesting one because they're very different in what they bring as well. To yeah, the, to the table, so they're not two centers or two point guards. Um, oh, I think given given that they're they're not top fifty guys, they're not probably not sort of league winning players. I think Burks Burks obviously has a clearer path to minutes at the moment. Um he played 40 or something yesterday. Uh so I think Burks is probably the safer of the two, but I'm still hoping Larry Nance um can can get to where we want him to be. Yesterday was a step in the right direction. Uh he had I think he had what ten points, six rebounds, two steals, two blocks, something like that. Or no, mm. four steals. I can't remember. Yeah. I know he's been better. Um, oh yes. So I'm going to go Nance, <laughs> even though I think Burks is probably the safer of the two. Uh, I I still hope that Nance can can just sort of roll out those defensive stats and efficient scoring um, and, and some rebounds. So mm. that that's probably my thought. So just to be clear, you're not doing that just to make me happy. Uh, I'm not, but I did think you would probably go Nance. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I am. I am on the Larry Nance side. I, you know, when when he gets those starters minutes, he's uh, he's terrific. Um, the Knicks are not that the Blazers and the Knicks. These are these are players. Each of them kind of on a what what Brew described on Friday's show as kind of sick teams right now, as in they're they're ill, not with COVID, but just like something's not right. Um, with New York, they've got weird rotations. A lot of guys in protocols, of course, but they were having issues even before that. Portland, same thing. Chemistry stuff. Dame's abdominal stuff. Now CJ's out, so injuries be more the issue on the Portland side. The Knicks, COVID a bit more. Um, so it's it's hard to say that either one of these two guys is definitely going to stick for the rest of the season. I do get the feeling, though, that, that Portland has kind of figured out that Nance as the starter and Covington as the reserve does fit better in whatever it is they're trying to do out there. And I love Larry Nance in a starter's role. Monster steals numbers for a, a big man. Good enough percentages on both. He does things across the board. He's a passer. I just, I love it. And you guys know, everybody listening knows how little I care about scoring, which is where Burks is likely to have the advantage there. You know, th this is also a tough one because Burks is in a bit of a slump right now, but but I too go Larry Nance. I You know, he has... 
top 60 potential, actually, as a starter. Burks probably more in the 75 range as a starter. Uh, but I like them both quite a lot, actually. So this was a, a pretty tough one. Uh, do you want to go with your first one, or should I knock out both of mine? Uh, oh, you could go with both of yours if you want. All then right, I'll well, know yeah. which of mine, because you might have one of my players in yours. Mm, so the other one is Luka, Luka Doncic, and Zach Levine, uh, which are guys that went some you know 20 spots apart on draft day. But who do you like more? Nine cat. Let's go nine cat because you know Luca's turnovers are always going to be higher. But uh, nine cat. Luka Doncic or Zach Levine rest of the season? Uh, probably. Uh, it's a tough one, isn't it? It's a tough one. Um, I would probably go Zach Levine. Yeah, same. Same. Um, yeah, I, I know Luca has just has those those big sort of assist numbers and rebound numbers, but the turnovers, the the fact... I, he, I, he just doesn't look right to me as well. Like, I know he's in, in protocols now, which might actually help him because the, this might... They they seem to be... Like, he gets injured and then he's back and then he's out and then he's back. And when he does come back, he doesn't look right. Uh, he doesn't look 100% healthy. He looks sort of a bit gimpy on his leg or ankle, knee, whatever it is. And so this this two week, well, presumably ten days could be two weeks, um, depending on I guess whether he's asymptomatic or not, might actually help him because it's it's an enforced layoff. Based on what we've seen, I would go Levine, um, but in three weeks when they're both back and playing, I could be swayed to go with Doncic if he looks healthy, but he just hasn't looked um, his normal self to me so far. No, and I'm I'm fully on the Zach Levine side in this. I think I might even go Zach Levine in eight cat, which is weird because Luca's actually ahead of him by about five slots on a per game basis. Uh, but Levine's about set to come back from his COVID absence. Luca is just getting into his, and already Levine has a six games played advantage on Doncic. So that's likely to be more like ten or eleven by the time both of them are playing at the same time again. That's a really big gap to try to make up uh, unless Luca gets one of the percentages turned around. And, I, you know, we still haven't really seen it in a way that Levine is actually quite good at both. Um, so I'm, I'm fully on the Zach Levine side in this one. I thought it was an interesting one because there is so much name power on the Luka Doncic side. But like you said, he's, he's constantly hurt. He doesn't look right. I mean, frankly, he looks out of shape. Uh, I think, I think, I think Brew just called him fat on the show last week. Uh, yeah, I mean, he doesn't look in shape. I don't know that like quarantining might help his ankle, but it, I don't think it's going to help his conditioning. So yeah, I'll go, I'll go full on Zach Levine, regardless of, well, not regardless of format, because points leagues, then Luca takes a, a large advantage there. But, uh, category leagues where percentages actually matter, Zach Levine, for sure. Um, and I, I, I feel like it's a weird thing to say though, because, this is Luka we're talking about. This is Luka Doncic. You know, MVP candidate, Luka Doncic. But, yeah, I, I'd go Zach Levine too. And yep. I think people could make that trade in a heartbeat. I, I, I feel like the people with Levine, uh, maybe not listening to this podcast now, but <laughs> everybody else <laughs> with Zach Levine would probably trade him for Luka Doncic because of that name power. All right, your turn. Give me number one. Uh, so I'm going to go with my first one. I think I know where you'll go, but I'm going to go with Evan Mobley. Hmm. 
and Jaron Jackson Jr. Ooh. <sighs> I think I'm going Mobley, which feels too on brand for me. They're separated by about a round in nine cat right now. Um, obviously, much more than that in eight cat. So eight cat, I think you probably have to go jaw. But if, if we're going to go nine, where it's a closer fight, I'll go Mobley simply because I feel like jaw was already kind of sliding off his peak to start the year. Not that he's having a bad season. He's number 33 still. Um, and he's been out for a while. First, it was the injury that it was COVID. And you know, that's, I guess that's the way you do it. If you're going to be protocol, you might as well have been hurt anyway. Uh, but you know, with Moran, he was shooting what he was like 51% and hitting three threes a game for a while. He was making like 85% of his free throws. Those things have all come back now to a more reasonable number. And I still don't know if the 1.6 steals per game is going to stick. So to me, job probably slips about another round. Uh, and with Mobley, I think we're just sort of scratching the surface. This is someone who is getting better as we go. I think field goal percent could actually improve for him over the course of the year. Steals and blocks have been excellent. I don't know that those are changing all that much. Uh, calves around him are probably likely to miss time for some reason, like a Kevin Love. Uh, turnovers are not about to go up at all. So 9-cat, I'm actually going to go Mobley. I think those two ships are about to pass in the night. Hmm. Um, yeah, okay. So I would go probably Mo- Mobley there as well. But it was Jaron Jackson who I said. Not oh, Jaren. I'm sorry. I thought you said Ja. Well, that was idiotic. That, Why didn't you interrupt me? One, ja, ja was, that's a, because they are very different. And I would go Mobley over, over Ja Morant because I don't think those steals are sticking around. Well, the other one, I'll go um, JJJ. I'm taking JJJ, the other one, because they're like very similar players. Um, yeah, and I just, I yeah. trust JJJ a little bit more. Uh, his minutes aren't as high. That could actually trend up. So, yeah. yeah. I, you should have interrupted me and told me I'm a moron. But now I did two, no, of no, it. I wanted, I did two I at the same time. About, I wanted to hear about Jar as well. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> three, three for the price of two. There. Yeah, that was that's really what it was. <laughs> um, yeah, Jaron Jackson Jr. over Mobley. Those two guys are really close to one another. I think they could both actually move up the board a little. Um, yeah. But JJJ's yeah. path up the board seems easier because he's still shooting just 42% on the year. Yep. Um, uh, so yeah, sorry about that. No, no, that's that's. I said it's a it's a bonus for listeners. Uh, and my second one, I'll go with. Uh, let's go with Miles Bridges and Demar Derozan. Mm. I'm gonna go Demar on that one, mm. which. Um, he also seems like someone who probably comes a bit off this peak. He's been unreal for Chicago mm. to this point. Yeah. 27 points, five boards, four assists, a steal, 50% high volume from the field, 90% high volume at the free throw line, and only two turnovers per ball game. Um, and I just, honestly, I just don't see how how Bridges, even if I think they that DeRozan's about to fade, I think we've seen Bridges also fade a little bit. And, you know, he got a, he got a spike because he's the one Hornet who didn't end up in protocols or hurt over the last three weeks. Could he still? Yeah, I guess there's a possibility. Uh, but it seemed like Bridges was kind of on his way down into that, that 40 to 45 range. And I think with DeRozan, even if he slips off this mark, he's probably going to stay inside the top 30. So I'll go DeMar with both of them as potential slight fades here over the next two months. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. Um, I would like it to be Miles Bridges because I have him everywhere. 
But well, that still works I, out for you. <laughs> it does. It does because I was getting him at, at pick ninety. So um, yeah, yeah, I'm still more than happy with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, DeRozan has just been. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's we're waiting for him to to cool off and to slow down. It doesn't seem to be happening. The fact Levine is out is helping, obviously. But even when Levine was there, he was really good. Um, and I mean, his name is rightfully so being floated around in MVP discussions. I, I don't think he gets there, but the fact he's doing this at this stage of his career on a new team is is pretty impressive. It's been um, one of the more impressive aspects of this season, I think, is, is his play and his consistent play uh, for the Bulls. Yeah, it's really interesting how this year... Um... If all you had to do was be the same as previous seasons, and you'll probably jump up a round or two, and if heaven forbid you actually get a little bit better, you can jump three, four rounds in value this year because everybody else stinks. You've, I mean, you've seen it with Demar, Trey Young got better this year, where every almost everybody else, not everybody, because obviously we're giving multiple examples of it, but so many players got worse season over season that the folks that stayed the same jumped around and the folks that got better jumped two or three rounds it's really it's it's remarkable and Demar is one of those guys who I would argue uh mostly stayed the same uh but actually his volume has picked up in Chicago we did I personally most of us I don't think saw a volume bump coming for DeRozan going to play with Vooch and Levine and Lonzo Ball as opposed to who with San Antonio last year? Like a low vol, an injured Derek White and a much lower volume DeJounte Murray, who, by the way, is another guy who took a big step forward. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I like it's working, <laughs> whatever it is, yeah. it's working. So there isn't a reason to think too much is going to change. I just think maybe a slight fade, perhaps not 19 shots and eight free throws. Maybe that comes down a little bit as Vooch, if Vooch finds his game. I think he probably does. But anyway, um, so yeah, everybody, uh, that was our little head-to-head battle. Want to remind everyone before we sign off today that MyBookie has another promo. They have one every single day between yesterday and January 1st. It's 11 days of presents, basically. Uh, and on the 24th, the day before Christmas, or actually it'd be Christmas Day where you're at, Adam, uh, mm-hmm. they will have multiple prizes. I think every four hours they're going to be putting a new prize up for bid or up for grabs at mybookie.ag. To claim it, all you got to do is log in. Uh, When you log in, most of these things appear as a pop-up, whatever the daily thing is. Yesterday, it was a $10 casino chip. Today, it's an odds boost on a Duke basketball game. I don't know anything about it, but I threw a couple dollars on it. I don't know what tomorrow will be, but play along with us here. I don't know how your casino chip is going to go. I know some folks are winning, $10, $15, $20. I was up for a little bit, and then I got impatient, uh, and I tried to you know, do all the rollover on the freebie all at once, and I lost it all. But whatever, it was free anyway, so I broke even yesterday. Um, hopefully, this odds boost goes over. If it does, we'll roll into tomorrow with a little extra cash in our pocket. If you have an account already, all you got to do is log in. If you don't have one, sign up, mybookie.ag. Promo code is HOOPBALL, still the old name. I don't see that changing anytime soon. Again, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L on the third page of sign up. Big shout out again to our buddies at manscaped.com who did change the promo code. We now have two over there. Hoopball20, Ethos20. We'll get you 20% off and free shipping on your order. You still got three days to get one in before Christmas. Go get yourself a lawnmower 4.0 at manscaped.com. Adam, good sir. Uh, 
Merry Christmas. Have a lovely holiday. I don't, um, I guess we can try to wedge one in next week. Yeah. Yeah. We're not, uh, we're not really doing much. We, I, I was hoping to, to go away next week. Um, go down and catch up with Josh Lloyd and a few other guys um, down in, in Melbourne where he lives. But COVID cases are pretty rampant here at the moment. So I'm just staying home. Yeah, that uh, might be the outlook for a few of us here. Winter winter wave upon us. It'll be okay, everybody. Everyone stay safe. At AdamKing91 on Twitter. Follow him now and go check out his comprehensive list over at sportsethos.com of everyone in protocols and possible streaming options as well. If you like the show, drop a five-star review on it. I am once again at Dan Vespers on Twitter. SportsEthos.com. Ethos Fantasy BK is the news feed over there. The single best news feed in the world. For Adam, I'm Dan. This is Fantasy NBA Today. We'll talk to you guys again tomorrow. So long, everybody. 